Welcome to A Hair Obsessed. I'm your host, Julia. Today is so fun because our guest has the record for being the longest practicing stylist on the show to date. She's been doing hair since she graduated high school in 1966, and she hasn't stopped since. Now she runs a full-service salon and spa with her daughter, and I can't wait for you to hear more. Well, this is a very special episode because I have a very seasoned salon um, business owner that I'm super excited to talk all the things today. So Pat, if you just want to introduce yourself and website and, and we can jump right in. All righty. Uh, my name is Pat Dollar, and I am with my daughter, Savvy Salon and Day Spa in Cornelius, North Carolina. And we've been here in this location for 26 years now. And before that, I was in West Virginia, which I own two different salons there, one for 16 years and one for six, both of which I sold. So I've been a salon owner for many, many years. And I started in the hair industry in 1966, right out of high school. And I haven't stopped. And I, I do love it, but it is changing. Yeah. So like, let's rewind. Cause what was hair? Like, I mean, even from when I started going to the salon myself and, or doing my hair at home to like graduating, I can just see how this industry has changed and morphed into like, you know, what I learned in beauty school is not what people request at the salon. And so what was hair like when you were fresh out of beauty school? Like, tell us about the salon culture and, and the trends and what it was like being a stylist. Well, back then, everyone got their hair rolled in rollers and put under the dryer, and it had to stay fixed for a week. And if it didn't stay for a week, you were in bad trouble. Your hairspray wasn't stiff enough, your rollers weren't tight enough, or the hair didn't get dry. And so uh, they came on a weekly basis, and if they, they came regularly. So you would have like three or four or five every 30 minutes, and then a break to take all the rollers out and comb them all out, then another three or four and do the same thing all over again. Then if they needed their hair color done or a chemical service of any other kind, they needed to come the first of the week because Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was all booked. And it didn't take but about 50 clients to keep you busy all the time. Now it takes about 240 clients to keep you busy on a six-week rotation. I counted that out one time. Wow. That's, that's, that's... That's a good fact to know because that would explain why I'm not very busy. Well, you need 240 or 60 or whatever it was. I, I counted them one time. And if you have that and they come every six weeks and few extras in between, mm -hmm. you'll be that's all the people you need. But you got they've got to love you. <laughs> yeah. So 240 every six weeks. So that's what, what does that break down per oh, week? Oh, I used to could count. I can't six do that. Times anymore. four is 24. I don't know. I can't do math either. We're, we're artists. We're not a mathematician. <laughs> I had paper and a calculator when I came up with that, but that's about right. I think. Well, and when you were going to school, so like people were, everybody was doing roller sets, but now it's like everybody wants hair. That's not their hair. So what do you think of that? Like all these like transformation that, that people want. 
Oh, you're meaning like hair extensions and hair. Color? I mean, everything, color, extensions, vivid color. You know what I mean? Like all the, you would have never even probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fun colors are fun. Uh, we enjoy doing that. Hairdressers love to have the opportunity to do, do that. Uh, the unfortunate thing about that sometimes are the people that come in wanting that want something different every time they come and their hair will only withstand so much. You know that. Gotcha. Uh, you take it out, put some more in, and you've got to be very careful because sometimes it doesn't want to come out and the color they want won't happen and around and around you go. But it is fun. That is really a whole lot of fun. Now, I see nails on your Instagram. So are you full service salon? What all do you provide? We do nails. We do skincare, hair. Hair is our, our primary business. And we also have a massage. We were without a massage therapist for three months. It was so very difficult to find someone. I found this guy and he's wonderful. He had, uh, everyone loves him. The girls are in love with him. And <laughs> wives are in love with him. And which is so unusual because in the past, anytime we had a male massage therapist, it was a little bit, people were standoffish with him and they would rather have a woman. Well, now they don't have a choice and they are loving him because he does a good job. And I think it boils down to, he has a great personality, number one, and he does a good job, number two. If they can get that far with him, they love him. I had um, went to a retreat one time in Mexico and one of the, I didn't have, a, I had a massage with a woman, but one of my friends had one with a man and his name was Jesus. And she's like, I just had a <laughs> massage from Jesus. <laughs> So um, now your masseuse, do they booth rent there? Are they an employee of you? How does that everyone, structure work? Everyone is an employee, although I did do some private contractors during the three months that we didn't have anyone. Had several people. We still have them on call. They'll come in. One was a former employee, two of them actually, and one was just a lady that I met by, um, by chance who lives close, and they would come in if they felt like it, you know, okay, I've got a massage tomorrow at noon. Can you come? Oh, gotcha, yeah. No, I can't. And you can't really run a business like that. Right. So yeah. everyone here is on, on salary. They're paid an hourly rate. And that rate depends upon the department they're in and how far up the ladder they worked. They Do you them. have that style, like numbered, like tiered for your yes. stylist? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, stylists are a little different than level one, level two, level three, level 13, and so on. Okay. You have the very beginner stylists, we call those protégés. They're protégés for a short time, maybe three months, okay. until they become skill certified enough that we can charge them another $5 or whatever. Then they're understudies. This is, these are all theater terms. And then from the understudy, they move up to master. And from master, they move up to director. And the directors are the people who do the training classes for us. So it all follows the theater terms and the hierarchy is obvious whenever you listen to the words. So how many employees do you have? Before the COVID shutdown, we had around, I think, 38 altogether. Wow. Yeah, and then we were closed for three months. And then when we reopened, I think we lost five or six people then and uh, that never returned at all. And then since then, we've probably lost another six. And I think we've replaced 
half of that. So we lost 12, maybe replaced six. So we probably have 33 now, something like that. I haven't counted because it changes daily. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Now, do you think people are leaving the industry because they had that like break and they found other things or it's like hard with the kids being home and a little bit of all of that. Mm -hmm. Some of it's the kids being home and, and we just got word that our governor has okayed uh, virtual education for the people in the state again. Because they went back to school a week or two ago and this coronavirus has just gone crazy here. Kids are missing school and they're having to close down things. So now they're going back to virtual training if they want to. If they want to. Uh, yeah, so parents are going to be home. They can't work if they're at home. No. Uh, and I, I think while we're close to, and I've read a lot about this, where where are the employees? Where are they? You know, right. Nobody's working. They've got to work somewhere. Yeah. And they have time to reevaluate their lives. You know, do I really want to do this? Do I want to do this in the same way I've been doing it? Do I need a new challenge? Do I, What do I want to do with my life? They had that time. And they made some real important decisions. And some of them went to other places. Some of them, I know one girl who quit. I don't think she's doing anything right now. Mm -hmm. uh, some changed industries. Just all kinds of things happened. So now we're rehiring. And I had actually two interviews today, both of which I hired. One was a nail technician. One was a, is a hairstylist. And I uh, have another interview coming up soon for a hairstylist. What we need the most right now is one more massage therapist. Those seem to be the hardest to find. When did you take a step back from being on the floor and doing all that to more managing this big team you have? And how did that, you make that transition? I prefer being on the floor, honestly. Yeah. I, I've sort of got a little ADHD going on and I can do 15 things at once. I think most women who've ever had a child can anyway. <laughs> But um, what happened was I'd hold my, held my arms up so long that my shoulders just wore out. I could not hold my arms up another minute. And for five years, I went to chiropractors, uh, sports medicine, uh, doctors, uh, neurosurgeon, <laughs> everybody you could think of. I had every treatment you could think of. Wow. Every injection you can imagine and it would help for a minute and the only thing that helped was quit doing hair so now on occasion in a pinch i will jump in and do hair and it's fun but i can't do it for long because my shoulders are just worn out yeah do you think that there's um more like ergonomic tools and training now from when you had started because i know one of my teachers she was really big on like teaching us stances and different things that she ne never learned because she's because she's suffering the effects of like not being so mechanically so much that she didn't learn it it was there but we didn't listen <laughs> I remember that part I thought, oh, I'm young I'm healthy I can do this and uh although later on there were more better ideas about how to do it more even ergonomically like you said but even the simplest things like stand on both feet, which I didn't do, uh, hold your body straight, which I didn't do. All of the things, the simple things I didn't do early on. 
And then later I learned more things. By then it was too late. Mm. Yeah. She like taught us like, like, I don't know, horse stance or something. And we're like, she's like, get in your knees. And I'm like, I'm like a 40 some year old woman. I was like, I am not in shape for this. I was like, I have to go to shape just to go to cosmetology school. It's no joke how much wear and tear it is just to stand and, and bend over the sink and move and do all this and that people don't realize. We've got the, uh, about three or four of the hair cutting stools here now that you, people use. So they, they like to do that. Some. So whatever it, it takes to help them uh, to be able to use their bodies better and longer. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's great. I even saw just a Facebook ad yesterday. It was like how to do like splits. It was like all in flexibility. And I was like, there are problems and solutions for everything. And I was like, I never thought I needed to take a class on how six, it was like a six week boot camp on how to be more flexible and be able to do a split. And I was like, you know what? I think, I think I might want to do that. I did one once. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was 16, maybe. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got to keep, keep our bodies agile. So, um, so now you're more in like the admin role and you work with your daughter. Now is your daughter behind the chair or does she do more of the managerial stuff? Well, we tease her and call her the beauty school dropout. She went to cosmetology school and, uh, she didn't graduate. She almost did. Didn't like it. She went because I, for one thing, she wanted to get out of town. <laughs> so we sent Fair her enough. to town another uh, school in another town, but decided she didn't really like it. So she went back to college, got her degree in business and marketing. So she really is good at both. She doesn't do hair, but she understands it. And she understands the marketing and she's uh, given her part of the stock in the company. And so I'm not here as much and she's here more and it works out real well. We don't fight nearly as much as we used to. I know. Yeah. I, I'd love to pick her, her brain with all the marketing stuff that, that goes into to building a local business. Now, Lake Norman is beautiful. I've yes. driven by there plenty of times um, to Hilton Head. How did you relocate from, you said West Virginia or Virginia to, to the South there? How did that transpire? Well, the daughter that I'm speaking of had, had a little girl and when she was in school in West Virginia. And so the baby was born and of course she needed babysitters mm. she had during the week she hired someone but on weekends we kept this child every other weekend and the father-in-law kept her alternating weekends so we had this baby for three years every other weekend and at three they graduated from college and his first job he was able to get was through a uh, an employment agency in charlotte which really put him near Greenville, South Carolina. So I thought, hmm, they've taken my baby away from me. And I had wanted to move for a long time anyway, and I had connections in Charlotte. And so I contacted a few people and I was able to get a position with a company. And this man had 16 locations. And so I came in as his education director and I was here about a year and a half and he sold the whole company. And there I was, no job. <laughs> and it turned out that new owners didn't want this particular location. So I wound up with it. That's how it happened. Uh, 
amazing, amazing. Yeah. So I don't know how people not live close to their grandchildren. When I came, I just flew home from behind the chair and a, a lady was flying from New York to Florida um, to go back home because her grandbabies live up here. And I was like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you not live near them? I don't know that I could do that. No, I, I couldn't say it. I was very close with my grandmother and I always wanted to have that same relationship with my granddaughters or children, whatever they happen to be granddaughters. And I do. Yeah. I, I think there's like nothing like a bond, like a granddaughter and a grandmother for sure. It's like the most special bond in the world. I think so. So you said right now your biggest challenge is finding um, talent. So do you go to like local beauty schools? Like how have you found your- I have done all of that. Um, well, they finally had a, an in-person career fair at the Aveda Academy in Charlotte. I went to that, uh, didn't get anyone from that. Um, I went over to the massage school. We have one locally. I went over there, didn't get anything from that, sent out flyers. We're on Indeed and we're on ZipRecruiter. I probably have done better with Indeed than anything. Okay. And personal referrals. The one that I interviewed today was a personal referral, but the first person came in on through Indeed and then she recommended her friend. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. That's good to know as for mm -hmm. other salon owners um, and those looking for jobs to go on Indeed. So what's making people stand out? I mean, you said you had two interviews and you hired both of them. So probably just walking in the door, um, was a good, <laughs> was a good start, but it's well, totally, you know, you can tell pretty soon if it's going to be a, a good fit and the, it was personality was the whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, you can train them, you hire for attitude and train for skill. And both of these had the first one in particular, I didn't know anything about. I just met her online and she had, she blew me away with her personality and her attitude. I really liked her. The second girl, I already knew a little bit about because her friends who works here referred her. So she was an easier sell because I was sold before she got here. Mm -hmm. But it was, it's personality probably first and then and attitude and then skills we can train them if they have any ability hired a young man about two weeks ago really really thought he was great and he went through a week or two of training and he said you know i've got to be honest with you i don't think i want to do hair that is only 19 so he's got plenty of time to change yeah. his mind he says that was why i left my other salon i guess he figured if he changed locations it would be different and he found out it was the same. So he said, <laughs> I don't think I want to do hair. Fine. That's good that you told me now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's sometimes what we do. We like think we want to do one thing and we find and and in doing that thing, we find out we want to do another thing and there's nothing wrong with that either. Most people uh, seem to pivot into hair, but you could absolutely pivot out and I'm sure he'll find something else that um, he's very to do. 19 years old. So He's got plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, a lot of us are a lot older than 19 and we're still figuring it out. I know. Yeah. There are a lot of people like that. <laughs> One of them, he hasn't decided what he wants to be when he grows up yet. I've been known for a long time though. I've always liked what I fell into, I suppose. Yeah. So <laughs> when, when you went in school, did you like, was that just like, was it girls were 
beauticians, nurses, teachers? Like what was kind of the, the yeah, path? Yeah, back then you were either a teacher, a secretary, a nurse, or a hairdresser. That's, that was it. Now my mom was a hairdresser, so that made that decision a little bit easier. Mm. And for them, neither of my parents had a college degree. They were, you know, they worked by the scruff of their neck, so to speak, and they were both entrepreneurs. They made a good living because of it. And I thought, well, okay, entrepreneur, hairdresser, all in one, that sounds like a good thing. And so that's what I did. And I always wanted to teach too. Mm. I thought once I get, my husband was in college, once he graduates, I'm going to go back to school and get my degree and become a teacher. Well, the more I got into this, the more I liked it and made more money than he did anyway. And uh, then I realized I can teach doing this too. So I was able to satisfy that need as well. And and I've stayed with it and like it a lot. Now, did you teach at a school or did you just teach your own kind of lessons or teaching your employees? Yes, never, never had I taught at a school in more than a class. Um, Well, I taught with the company when I first moved here. I went to salon to salon and taught people. That was part of what I was hired for. But before that, in the 80s, probably before you were born, uh, I was born in the 70s. Okay. Um, It was the time of the permanent wave, and everybody pulled their hair. And so I was reading an article in Modern Salon Magazine, and this company was looking, looking for educators. And it was Zoda's International. So I applied. And so what I did for them in the beginning was I taught in salon workshops on permanent waving. And then they expanded to haircutting. I did haircutting. And then we were able to move up to platform work if we wanted to. And I did a little bit of that. So I have done a whole lot of that sort of thing in a whole lot of places on this earth over the years. And it's been a wonderful trip. Yeah, I'm sure you've met so many fascinating people. And yeah, all the people in our industry, all the people that whose names you hear, I've run across them somewhere. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, as far as education and platform artists and um, people that really know know their stuff, who do you recommend if somebody's wanting to continue their education, whether it's through a certification or online? Do you have any recommendations for that? Oh, I personally like Vivian McKinder a lot. Her, She has uh, weekly or periodically, it might be weekly, video casts or podcasts. I'm not sure how she presents it now on different things, mostly haircutting. I think one week, for example, it was eight different ways to cut a bob. Uh-huh. And uh, I've seen her in person several times and I've participated in those little things. So someone wanted to, to learn, that would be my go-to person, I believe. But she's very multifaceted. You know, she can do it all. And she's a lovely person, it seems. I'll add her to the show notes. So thanks for that oh, tip. That's when you need to interview yeah right I would I would love it um and then uh as far as like tools is there any like because you obviously use so many shears and different things is there like if somebody's coming out of school and they're investing um in their kit to get started either as a you know as a booth runner or going to work somewhere do you have any recommendations 
as far as what to put pack in their arsenal. See, dude. Yeah, see maybe it? you're. Oh. Yeah, it's a little, little sure. thing. Yeah. And the court is from here to the next building. Long, very, <laughs> very, very long court. So it's powerful. I really do like it. And I've had a lot of blood drivers over the years. The first one I can remember having was the Conair Blue, a yellow bird. It was square and it was bulky and it was about a foot and a half long. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, especially when you're doing video or even audio, things don't go as planned and that's okay. So we just roll with it, right? So my mission is just to like show up and serve and be a resource. And sometimes there's going to be glitches in the audio and it's not going to be perfect, but that's not going to stop me and my amazing guests um, from showing up and sharing and inspiring you. So sorry for the technical difficulties um, that we were having today, but thank you for showing up and listening. And um, we got lots of past episodes, lots of future episodes coming that will hopefully be uh, glitch-free for you. And if I can get Pat, oh, looks like she might be back here. See the waiting room. We'll get this party started again. Yeah, okay. I know yeah. you can't see. I got to turn it around. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's way better. At least I can hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. So I won't worry about it. It's fine. Oh. So I had been asking you, like, if somebody's thinking about like owning a salon, because I feel like that could be like super duper stressful, especially as it grows. And then you're managing, you know, not only the technical aspects of people, but the emotional aspects. Right. <laughs> right. Or what would you, what advice would you give to somebody, you know, owning versus booth running or being a commission stylist? Oh, don't go into booth rent to start with. You've got to understand what you're doing first before you can be an entrepreneur. And some people can do it right out of the bat, you know, uh, but most people can't. You've got to have a lot of connections. You've got to know a lot of people. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to be in a place where someone can help you too. Because yeah. Beginning, uh, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and that's the best, yeah. but there's nice, nice to have someone there, there to guide you through. Yeah. My, my shop owner's like great about that. She'll, or if she sees me doing something, I can do better in a haircut or can consult me with color. And that's, that, that's that. nice because a lot of times in booth rent or rental, it's not that way. Mm. You're in a room by yourself. So how's somebody going to help you if they're not in the room with you? Yeah, that's how the one salon I looked at. And I was like, I don't think that would be like beneficial to me, like to just be in my own area with it. Yeah. So we're in an open concept salon and we're boop, 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 boop. And uh -huh. if I had any questions, any, I could ask anybody, but I definitely learned by trial and error. That is, that is for certain, but oh, at least yeah. I have the business experience, which right. I think is the hard part for most people. It is hard. As far as like running a salon, like I think everybody kind of maybe if you're a stylist, it can feel kind of glamorous. And it's like, that's like, do all stylists like aspire to running a salon? Cause I mean, I envision myself having a salon, maybe a couple chairs, not a probably a full service salon or a ton of chairs. What advice do you have for somebody that's thinking about being an owner? Probably it would be easier not to have full service. For one thing, hairdressers, um, there, that's where the money comes from anyway in my business 
it's kind of like you're trying to be all things to all people and you can't be. So mm-hmm. if you specialize, you're better. So specialize in what you do best. And um, I think I would just do hair only and do it well. You're so far into the game now. Have you ever thought of like doing that with your own business? Doing what with it? Throwing it well, out the window? Yeah. <laughs> Not every day. <laughs> just do like forgetting the nails and the massage and just doing like the hair. Every now and then we, we, we come across that idea, but we're committed to the lease here for all of the space and don't believe that we could fill it with hairdressers. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, uh-huh, we have. <laughs> and so, yes. Yeah, so there you have, right. Like you're, you're committed to a lease. So as an owner, would you advise somebody like building a building or like converting a place on their property or signing a well, lease? location is going to be your most important uh aspect if you're going to have several employees so you want to have a good easy location for people to find a destination that they can get to they don't have to look for you too hard yeah you don't want them just to stumble on you but it's nice when they do um so the location is real important so if you want to build other people's business uh, you've got to have walk-in clientele. You've got to be in a place where people find you. But now, if you're just going to have a little space just for you, you can right. put in the back room of your house and your clients can come to you and that's all that you need to do. And people yeah. do that too. But if you want to have a successful salon, you need to find a good location and reasonable rent. Now, if you want to build a building, that's a big undertaking at first. I wouldn't feel comfortable at first, just going right out and building a building, unless I have a whole lot of money. If I had a whole lot of money, I probably wouldn't put it in a beauty salon. <laughs> you know, you, you can't just have anybody sharpen them. What, and how do you, how do you spell that? Is it, Zo- did you say Zotos? Z-O-T-O-S. Okay. Or Z-O-T-O-Z, I really, I guess it's S, on, but the logo is a Z. Uh, and now I think they um, merged with um, Helene Curtis, but they were the, they're the leading permanent wave manufacturer in the world. And uh, permanent waving was really introduced to this country by the founders of that company in 1932. Wow. So yeah. I ask you anything about a perm, I can tell you. <laughs> and they're making comebacks now. Like, yeah. yeah, they had like, everybody stayed away from them. Like the plague, you know, the, of course the eighties was the eighties. And then it was like the nineties, everybody wanted like, Great, straight, shiny hair. Yeah, the straight, and then you, you took the little like pieces on the side, and you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know that they'll ever be like they were. Nothing ever is. Anytime fashion comes again, it comes a, around again, but it looks different. It mm-hmm. has a different. Yeah, it totally uh, does. Twist about it. Yeah. It, what do you What do you think the next trend is going to be? If you could if you could predict holy cow huh well one thing we're seeing a lot of that happened during the shutdown was people coming back back and letting their gray hair grow out yeah it's, I love natural gray hair and as a result we have three product companies that we buy hair care from primarily and they are bumble and bumble Kerastase, and aveda all three of them now have blue shampoo and conditioner oh. and not only are it's for the gray hairs but it's also for wonderful for bleached hair but it's great for these people who don't 
do anything to their hair anymore. We've, we've seen a lot of that. I'm one of them. I know. And younger and younger people that you would, cause it's like, did gray hair not exist? Like before COVID? No, it didn't. <laughs> people are like embracing it all at all ages. Yeah. Like gave them permission to like, it did, it did not, not continue, you know, cause some people go gray in their teens and their early twenties. And they're like, and you know, come their forties, they're like enough is enough. Like I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> And it's so. okay to get a perm in that kind of hair, but perms and hair color, color treated hair is not good, especially if it's long. Yeah. It just frazzles the hair to death. Yeah. Janie, my last um, interview, <laughs> she did that. I met her at the hair show and she's like, she had permed her hair and colored it and bleached Ew. it. And she was like, I do everything that you're not supposed to do to your hair. And then um, we bought wigs together at the at the show, and she bought a very nice silver uh, white gray <laughs> wig, <laughs> and it looked amazing. <laughs> Cover up her fried hair. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, um, is there anything you want to share with people that are like maybe you know at the crossroads, like they're getting ready to graduate school, or they have the opportunity to go through a trade program in their high school? or they've been to college and it's not their thing and maybe somebody suggested they go to beauty school, what advice would you give to somebody um, about, about this career and moving All forward? I can tell you is if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know you love it until you give it a try, that's all. That's all yeah. I can tell you. That's just my advice. And it's a wonderful industry, but it's hard work too. Tell me about a time that you was like a really touching moment with a client of yours because so many years, so many stories, so many people, what's like been something that's kind of like impacted you where you're like, this is more than just hair. Oh goodness. <laughs> I'm trying to think it's over the years. It's been so many things. Yeah. Hi, I've introduced people that have gotten married to each other. Uh, yes. Oh, and I've kept people away that were uh, seeing each other's husbands. <laughs> I had to book them on different days. Um, probably going to the funeral home and doing a client's hair was probably the worst, I suppose. I mean, it's impactful. It's memorable. Uh, and it's something, it's the only thing you can ever do for this person again. And so you do it, I guess. Did you ever do it again? Because Molly at one of the gals at my salon, she did that and she was like, I will never do that again. Like she well, could not do it. I, I did actually, the first person I did was my mom. And I thought after I did hers, I can do anything. And, and I did another one or two after that. It's just not something I want to make a career of. But for special people, yeah, I would do it. And it didn't bother me because this isn't a person anymore. But this yeah. is the last thing I can do for you. Yeah. Um, other impactful things were just being so excited, being at a hair show, being a part of a hair show, uh, putting on a hair show yourself or local people, anything the show business is always exciting to me. Gotcha. Yeah. It can, it can be very 
like theatrical, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. We're, we're used to the like, like the lived in hair, but yeah, I got to see that at the at the behind the chair show, just crazy, crazy hairstyles and things like at Fashion Week where you're like, really? Like nobody would wear that. Nobody would do their hair like that, but it's fun. Well, the thing about that is it's it's it is it is real and it is a way to lead you toward that fashion concept. Mm-hmm. It's not something everyone's going to wear, but they will wear a bit of it. They might wear that shape or they might wear the fact that it's pulled off from their face. Well, yeah. off the face is in style now or frizzy hair is in style now, but they won't wear it just like they saw it on the runway. Right. But they'll wear a bit of it. And it, I love it. Yeah, that's where that's you don't use the whole thing ever. <laughs> Do you have any like funny stories that you can remember of like or cringe cringe moments in your career? Well, a couple of them, yeah. Um, I remember I was cutting a man's hair one day and he uh, I had on a skirt. And he put his arm down. It was purely by accident. He went to reach, reach up and scratch his nose or something. His hand went up my dress. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and a um, couple of times this happened. Um, whenever you're coloring hair, doing a retouch, you subdivide the hair into four quadrants and you do one, two, three, and four. Well, uh-huh. I've dealt number four twice on two different people. And when I finished, I thought, oh, crap. Here I've got roots on this one quadrant not colored and uh one both people i gave them the option i said okay i'll this is free today and you go you you nobody will ever notice it because it's in the back of your head and next month you come back and we'll do the whole four or you can stay today and i'll do it and you can pay for full price but you're going to have to be worked in between these other 15 people and one person chose one and one person chose the other. So if I hadn't have told them, it, neither one of them would have known it probably because it was right in the back. Yeah, it right. Like a quarter of an inch of new growth. But yeah. I couldn't. But you're good conscious, like you couldn't no. send them out the door. Yeah. I know. I, I like one, I have one client and she has black hair and white roots. And like one, I missed one tiny little spot and her hair oh, is so thick. I'm, she won't see it, but I was like, darn it, how did I, how did I miss yeah. that? But I'm like, uh, nobody will see it. <laughs> yeah, every now and then you can sneak one by like that, but a whole a whole squadron, <laughs> I doubt you could get by with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of funny. Oh, you know what, your name, I like the savvy. How did you decide what to name your salon? <laughs> well, we were driving down the road. It was my husband and I, and we're talking about names and uh, and whether I ought to really even do this or not. At the time, uh, Booth Rental was really big in North Carolina and it's bigger now. And he said, maybe you should open a Booth Rental salon. I said, well, that's what everybody's doing. Well, that may be what you should do. I said, no, I don't do what everybody else does. I do mm. the opposite. And so I didn't, but anyway, what are we going to name this salon? He says, I don't know. You're a pretty savvy businesswoman. You ought to be able to figure that out. And that's where it came from. And I said, how do you spell that? I didn't even know how to spell the word. And a lot of people don't because back a few years ago, we quit taking checks. But before then, 
uh, people would write out checks to, and they couldn't spell the word either. So I felt better. Yeah, because you're like, is it two Y's? Is it one two B's, B, two or, B's, two right, A's? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> it's a tricky word, but it is a cool word. Well, I like that. Yeah. I had a community one time for a little bit called like the, the savvy seller, like a newsletter. Cause uh -huh. I, I like that word too. So that's, that's interesting. Um, cool. Well, I think you answered all my questions. Is there anything else you feel called to share or any stories that you want to pass along as this lives forever and ever in the interwebs? Oh no, I think I've said enough. <laughs> Oh, well, Pat, I, I super, I super appreciate you sharing, um, your expertise. And if there's anything you want me to add, you know, to the show notes, resources or things, um, for people. And if your daughter would like to talk about marketing, I know that's, um, a lot of listeners, you know, that's like their number one concern is like, how do I get more clients in my chair or I'm relocating and I have to start over and how do I get my name, um, out there? So if she, if she wants well, to share anything. Well, one of her cool ideas one time was, um, it was Mother's Day. And she says, I know what we can do. We're going to have all of these mothers write down what they would like to have for Mother's Day from here. And then they're going to write the name and address on a card and put these cards and names and addresses in a box. And we'll draw out one name and whose ever name we drew out, one, whatever they asked for for Mother's Day, but all the rest of those people got a card mailed to their, their person with Susie, Mrs. Brown would like to have a massage for Mother's Day, and it is $99 or whatever it was, you know, and that was a great idea, I thought. That's a good idea, mm -hmm. and then you also know what your people want. Right, yeah, everybody, it's a win-win. <laughs> I like that idea, yeah, and then did you do anything like a, a discount or any sort of like bonus or something for the people that weren't a winner or it, no, were... mm -hmm. no, they just got what they wanted. <laughs> uh-huh. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there's a good savvy marketing idea there. Thanks you for know, sharing. That was the one that just came off the top of my head. Yeah. That, I, that was one of the better ones I thought. <laughs> I, you know, and that you, that's, it's like trial and error. My husband um, had a car dealership and one, month he gave away a cruise like no strings attached because he's like you know he was the business he had an advertising budget and instead of sinking all his money into advertising he was like everybody who buys a car this month gets a cruise for two and my cousin bought a car and they got to go with us it was it was pretty it was pretty fun so yeah you can be totally creative with your yeah your you, can. you can afford to do it right um and just different little things she comes up with. She's pretty good at it. And she yeah. made, right now we're remodeling the spa and she has, all the decor has is oh, wow. been her, her idea. And it's all very, very good that, that she's done. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. So is it just time for like a change or what, what makes you, cause that's obviously a time and money investment. What makes you like decide like when you're ready to do that and like is there an average time span for a decor about every seven years okay yeah and it it was looking a little bedraggled and uh i will tell you during the year 2020 this business was not profitable at all it was just 
it was the biggest in the rears ever. I've never been in the red in my business in all the years of my life till this year. But we were able to get the PPP money. It was um, kind of like a loan. Yeah. And we got two different uh, bundles, I guess is the word. I don't know. Two bit different deposits and like three months apart. And as long as you use that money, uh, 60% of it needed to be used on employee benefits and employees pay and whatnot throughout this shutdown and reopen. And we did all of that, but we didn't use it all. So what was left, that's what we're using it for, to Aww. fluff things up and attract better talent. Yeah. Yeah, because who doesn't want to work at a place with a cool vibe? So right. something that looks pretty good and, yeah. and is new. Yeah, right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pat. It's, it's been an honor spending a little bit of time with you. Well, you're very well. Oh, and before I forget, head over to cosmetologycommunity.com. If you're driving, if you're busy, if you can't go there right now, remember that cosmetologycommunity.com will take you to my free Facebook group where I archive all sorts of videos and you can introduce yourself and you can share your work. And if you have a side hustle, you can share that there. It's a place for us to connect and learn from other cosmetologists. I'll see you there. Thank you.